Hey, it's your DM, Jamie. I'm back, and I cannot wait for you to hear the second season of Attempted Adventure. We've been working so hard on this season, and I'm so excited we can finally share what we've got. We decided to do something different for our intro for this season, so you'll meet the player characters here in a moment. I just wanted to say a quick thank you for listening, whether you're a returning listener from the Harmony campaign or if you're just joining us as a new adventurer. Either way, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you're here. This season, I'm sure you're aware, is titled Woven, and we have a whole new party of player characters for you to meet. So, without further ado, enjoy the very first episode of Attempted Adventure, Woven. The world of Oxir has seen many ages of peace and happiness, as well as times of hardship and war. Years of famine, and years of bountiful harvests. We descend on the realm in a time of prosperity. A sense of peace has settled into the lands, and in its warm hold, industry has blossomed. Though far from a technological utopia, new arcane inventions are being spread rapidly across the world. Oxir is booming with happiness and prosperity, and four unique beings are reveling in the glory of its endless possibilities. Hey there, friend. I'm Isla. Isla Brooks. I'm a tall, fun-loving water genasi with long flowing hair and a perpetual beach bod. I come from the Dragon Coast, where I lived happily with my parents working at their surf shop every weekend, but between you and me, I mainly tested the products if you catch my drift. Don't let my enviable features fool you, I've also got brains too. I graduated from Highland D with a 2.0 in marine biology, but a 4.0 in playing flip cup. My looks are free, but I am not. I met my husband Alfie in our first year at school, and we've been happily in love ever since. Alfie is a tall, handsome, teddy bear of a tiefling, and he's all mine. Unfortunately, my parents weren't as happy about our love as I was, but who needs them when I've got him? So we set out to find a home of our own and have traveled all over the world seeing its wonders. We've partied with elves, drank dwarves under the table, and shut down the bar with half-orcs. We've really done it all. But three years ago, on a cozy camping trip, things went south when Alfie went out for supplies and never came back. Since then, I've looked everywhere, and I'm now making my way through our bucket list of must-sees in hopes that we can soon be reunited. Don't worry, because even though I'm heartbroken that we've been apart for so long, I still have hope. I'm going to keep making my way through the list, and when I'm done, I'll just start all over. Until then, I'll just enjoy the adventure along the way. Bonjour. My name is Jean-Pierre Severin Sanson, master chef, lover extraordinaire, and one of the most wanted men on the continent for my incredible skill in the bedroom and also for the unbelievable amount of crimes I have committed. I grew up in a small town called La Petite Vie sur la Rue de Céline dans la Campagne, in my home country, France. It's a beautiful town, and when I was there, I was very happy. As a child, I would spend hours on the beach, swimming, dancing in the sand. My life was a poem written by the gods. I had plenty of good food at home, but the first time I tasted a master chef's creation, I knew I was destined for a life of cuisine. I was a simple kitchen hand to begin with, but one evening I was making a stew out of the scrap meat and potato peelings and carrot peelings. Really, it was a meal made of garbage, it's the trash. And as I let the stew simmer, 
It was like a wave came over me, and I realized how beautiful life was, and even this trash soup was, and I wept, and I let my tears fall into the soup and season it with the salt and the passion. Just then, the head chef walked into the kitchen. He had forgotten his set of knives on the counter, you see. He saw me cooking and laughed at me. He said, how could a kitchen hand like you dare to cook something yourself? You know nothing of food. And he took a spoon and tasted my soup, to mock me, I suppose. But as the soup passed his lips, his eyes went wide. He cried out and said simply, Incroyable! You've surpassed me. You must be the head chef here now. And then he fell over, dead. I thought I had killed him with the soup. Really, though, at that moment, a witch from the next town over had placed a, a X on him. Uh, as it turns out, the head chef had taken some ingredients from her garden and she was very upset by this. So uh, that was the end of him. Unfortunate for him, but <laughs> really great for me. <laughs> I haven't stopped cooking since then. I've been a head chef in 12 restaurants around the world and my life has truly been blessed. Not only in food either. I've been wonderfully successful in love as well. I slept with every woman in my hometown. Literally. Every woman. Even some of the men. They simply loved me. But that is my life as it has happened so far. Uh, all true, of course. <laughs> good tidings and fair weather. My name is Billy Brandybirch. It's good to know you. I'm a satyr druid with braided auburn hair that matches my fur. My horns are short and cute and arc backwards from my head. My adoptive parents were halflings and I grew up working on their farm. I've spent my life trying to master their values and dedicate myself to the preservation of nature. They passed away a few years ago and I've been commuting with nature in the area ever since. I recently had a short stay in the Willowbrook County Jail for allegedly destroying public property, but it was all to give the town clean water. Luckily, my old neighbor, Maximilian Lightleaf, paid my bail and gave me a pep talk to set me on the right path. I returned to the Brandy Birch Farm to wrap things up and to sort through and store family heirlooms. While I was there, I found a hand-drawn scrapbook of all the places the Brandy Birches had traveled to in their youth. I decided to go on a pilgrimage to some of the places they visited in the photos to see if it would bring me some peace and open me up to a better druidic path. I've already experienced the wonders of Gargantuan Grotto and already can't wait to see the next destination. I hope to see you there, and may the breeze bring you good fortune. Blessings, friend. I am Mido Tailtreader, a wood elf adventurer like you've never met before. I am 87 years young, close to the age that most of my kind would accept the mantle of adulthood. But I have chosen a different path. You see, I never fit in with the other elves in their ranger-like ways. They made fun of me constantly, claiming that my family name, Tail Treader, came from my ancestor who tread on the tail of a direwolf and was eaten, rather than the truth, which is that it comes from the many tales we've trodden through. I left the forest at the tender age of 35 to strike out on my own, but I'll be honest, it did not go my way. I was homeless, destitute, and constantly taken advantage of. Somehow, I fell for the same pyramid scheme twice before I packed it in and decided to return to my people. But first, I stopped to rest at a small enclave of monks where I ended up spending the next four decades. The monks I stayed with were dwarves and all had taken a vow of silence, so it took me years to finally catch on that they were not exactly pleased to have me staying with them. 
They made the best dwarven ale I've ever tasted, and that only clouded my judgment further. Thankfully, one old monk took a liking to me and redirected my talents, training me in the way of the drunken master. Because of his silence, I never even learned his name, but he taught me the trade of brewing, as well as some more potion-making and healing besides. The monks renewed my confidence and gave me a sense of purpose, and I realized that I couldn't simply go crawling back to my forest empty-handed. I was determined to make something of myself, so that the name Mido Tailtreader would precede me on my triumphant return home. For the last seven years, I've been traveling the world alone, seeking adventure and serving the community in the hopes of returning as a hero. The results have been... mixed. My latest adventure came on one of these new train contraptions where I stumbled on into a murder mystery in full effect. Sadly, my powers of drunken combat proved little help in unmasking the killer, and after a few nights I took the hint that the other passengers would rather continue without me. I hopped off at the next stop, but I'm sure my greatest adventure is waiting right around the corner. Are you ready to give it a try? Our story begins in a small, hard-to-access town in the nation of Lestethriol on the world of Oxir. We see this small town at the bottom of a large canyon, covered in a thick white haze. The town in this large canyon is known lovingly to locals and more formidably to others as Hazevale Canyon, and for very good reason. But as we descend on the town, the haze begins to lift, and for the first time in a year, Hayesvale Canyon defies its name. And it's this time of year that Hayesvale Canyon likes to celebrate and throw a three-day summer festival on the nights of the Cosmic Stream. The three nights a year when the fog lifts, the stars converge, and the Cosmic Stream is perfectly visible, dancing along the length of the incredibly long canyon. People from all over Oxir travel for miles and miles to experience the wonders of the cosmic stream and partake in the festivities. And as the town begins preparing for the well-loved and rightfully famous festival, we see a large owl fly overhead, circling, its shadow casting shapes along the canyon floor as it decides where to land. Where do you land? There are like food vendors nearby. Like, what's nearby me? There are uh, carts with their wheels stopped in the ground, getting ready to set up, sell food out of them. Uh, there are residential homes that are closed up as the families are out helping set up for the festivities. Uh, there is a large stage with many rows of seating being constructed towards the north end of town. Um, there are a couple bridges crossing over a, a, a narrow stream that runs through the town itself. And there's a town hall uh, sitting beside a docking station for the mammoth system. I'm going to perch right on top of town hall. All right. 
Uh, as you perch on top of Town Hall, why don't you tell us what we see and who we are meeting? Well, I'm still in <laughs> owl form. This feels weird. Yeah, real quick question. How big is this owl? Yeah, how big it's are giants. you? I'm okay. a giant owl, so I assume like eagle-sized maybe? Okay. And it's your interpretation of giant, I'm guessing. I guess so. Uh, I think you should go full like Wan Chi Tong's library. Ah, like, yes. <laughs> giant. Owl. All right, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm going to drop out of flight after like taking a little like look around, looksies around these, mm-hmm. and like drop down onto the street into my satyr form. Wow. And my okay. name is Billy Brandy Birch. Here to check out the lights, maybe. Kind of don't know where to go. Little Towns lost. folks and vendors are, are kind of uh, taken aback and even like scatter away as this giant owl converges <laughs> with the ground. But just before it crashes, it, it turns into a satyr woman, surprisingly. Yes. And uh, what does Billy do as she looks around? I do one little tap dance with my hooves and like... <laughs> Like, present. There's one child in the corner that hasn't run away and sees you and kind of nods. You got, did did Manda get Matt or did he just get himself? I heard the phrase, she does a little tap dance and just about died. Sorry, everybody. I like do finger guns at the child. I'm like, oh, finger guns back. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Now I'm looking for cheese curds. <laughs> Why don't you make a perception check? Ooh. Oh, it's a four. Plus your perception? Oh, oh, plus my perception. You're so right. <laughs> I know how to play the game. I don't. It's been a while, okay? Uh, it's plus seven. All right. Plus seven? You have a plus seven oh, or not, I'm sorry, not no, it's Jesus, seven. Mary it's seven, it's plus three, Whoa. I got seven. Look, I'm it's just you know, <laughs> okay. it's been a hard day. You you gaze around from the point where you've landed and directly behind you you see a couple rows of, of carts and tables and booths being set up um with what you can only assume are the cooking tools to make delicious festival foods, though none of them seem to be serving yet. A few paces behind that, you see more rows of booths and tables being set up for festivity games and uh, with small prizes to be won. You see um, around the corner from that, a large stage being constructed out of wood. And directly in front of you, you see many stacks of crates and boxes and stopped carts being drawn from uh, as people hustle and bustle to get this festival set up for the masses. You seem to be one of the first people to arrive. Ooh. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Yeah, would you like to do any exploring or? Yeah, I want to like start walking around, you know, just walking up the road. I don't quite know where I'm going. Okay. Uh, As you are walking up the road, you turn uh, to the road just behind you as it's you've landed kind of at a fork in the road. And from a few paces off, you hear a very thick accent yelling to themselves and clanging inside of their food cart. And as this kind of uh, loud voice draws closer and closer, you see just the back of a man inside of his cart, throwing pots and pans and utensils around. 
and he turns to face you as you approach his cart. And, Matt, what does your character say to Billy as you see her approaching? Um, does she look like Billy? Are you approaching like you look like you're ready to eat? Or are you like, do you look like you're scoping things out? I'm hungry. I've just come out from a long flight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, uh, trying to eat. Um, okay. So my character, Jean-Pierre Severin Sanson, locks eyes with Billy, um, and sees the hunger in her eyes and he says (laughs) oh bonjour madame Uh, you look famished why don't you come and uh, have a snack at my uh, uh, how do you say uh, a cart (laughs) would love that man (laughs) Ah, sit right down cross my legs Uh, what can (laughs) (laughs) It's We're already all gonna get so used to much. it so fast. This is gonna be great. Uh, um, I wish I wish the listeners could see his face. JP, what are your vegetarian options? Oh well, there is. A, we have a wonderful. Uh, it is a a hard wet cheese from the north. Hard wet. <laughs> That we uh, we take and we cut very thin. <laughs> thin. We try thin and we dip it in the hot oil and it comes out so crispy and soft on the inside. It's like you're describing cheese curds to me, and that's exactly what I was looking for, Jeppe. Oh, fantastic! I will whip some up très rapide. Thanks, doll. Um, and Jean-Pierre goes into his little cart and goes into a frenzy of chopping and cutting and frying. And it's a lot of, it's like a lot of effort for the thing that he finally produces, which is essentially like mozzarella sticks on a plate. Wow. Guys, this campaign is starting strong. I already got my mozzarella sticks. Oh, Um, man. And he turns, I have also, I'm about to say a price. I have absolutely no idea what the currency in this world is like. So it's your uh, shop. Fantastic. Um, he turns around with a plate of, again, what is essentially mozzarella sticks with a little bit of sauce on the side. Uh. And he says, um, here you are, madame. It will be five silver. Okay. Oh I'm going to give him five silver. All right. Oh, très bien. And enjoy. Bon appétit. You know what? Inflation has happened. Is it, how, how much does food feverishly. cost? I don't know. I think like a meal is like a full meal at a tavern is listed as one silver in the guide of everything. Oh, shit. <laughs> these are nice ass mozzarella sticks. These are the I'm not going to negotiate the price. I'm real hungry. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted. And actually, fair prices are extortionate anyways. So yeah, I yeah. vote that's fine. That's fine. Uh, as you, Billy, are enjoying your gourmet mozzarella sticks and you, <laughs> JP, are getting ready to um, serve the masses uh, and, like, kind of cleaning your area up and getting ready to cook more and more food throughout the day, we hear the long drawls of a train horn coming through, getting ready to dock. And as it docks and it hisses to a stop up on this the edge above the canyon... 
um, it chugs and chugs and chugs slower and slower until it squeals to a stop. And as it stops and the dust settles around it, uh, workers exit the train getting ready to unload their cargo that is usually the only thing that these train lines bring to and from Hayesvale Canyon. But today it brings a few weary travelers who've chosen a more long form of journey to come see the summer festival in Hayesville Canyon. And among them is a young aspiring wood elf carrying a long stick over his shoulder with a bindle tied at the end full of a few of his necessities. And as he, as he ascends the winding staircase carved into the edge of Hayesville Canyon down to the base to meet all of the people setting up the festivities, what does he see? What does he feel? Let, tell us about him. Okay, I want you to picture Mido, the wood elf, stepping into frame in the train door and then, like, putting the bindle over his shoulder, but then also heaving from out of frame an overfilled backpack because the bindle <laughs> is just a fashion statement and the, the backpack actually has a lot of stuff in it. He couldn't fit it all in the bindle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god. Mido is a you know, wood elf, tall boy, uh dressed kind of ragged cuz he's a monk and he's just just short of manhood, aka 87 years old. Kind of a teen, kind of a rebellious, you know, contrarian teen. Uh so as he's like coming into Hayesville, he's kind of just looking at everybody over eagerly and going, "Hail and well met!" <laughs> oh, I love him. Uh, Mido, you see just about the same thing that uh, Billy saw, but from the perspective of the stairs, they kind of cascade down behind the um, the Mammoth Station, and you kind of uh, come out through an alley between the Mammoth Station and the Town Hall to see crates and things being unpacked and unloaded and and festivities being set up and some food vendors apparently already selling food. Hey, we got to make a living. Hell yeah. What are you doing? Uh, well, Mido is, you know, a master of the way of the drunken fist, which means it's like basically irresponsible for him to not be drinking because it would affect his fighting ability. So he's going to have to go looking for some ale. Uh, make a perception check. That's going to be a 12. You see a, a group of young men um, hoisting, some rolling, some carting, some large casks to uh, one of the food booths where they seem to be setting them up and tapping them, getting them ready to serve as the masses are surely going to arrive any moment. I'm going to, like, my eyes bulge out of my head like a cartoon character, and I run after it like Sylvester. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you approach, the uh, one of the men sees you coming, and he says, Oh, oh, man, already? Hey, you're going to have to give us a few minutes. We're not quite set up to serve yet. No rush. <laughs> Are you just milling around? Yeah, but I'm going to just stand there and, like, watch him. <laughs> <laughs> Make a persuasion check. <laughs> uh, it's a 15. Uh, 
he kind of like chuckles and laughs and throws a rag over his shoulder and walks away to go uh, maybe find another cask of ale to bring. And uh, one of the younger workers um, sees you standing and waiting and sees you kind of dusty from the train ride in and sneaks a small um, a small c- uh, glass of ale for you. And says, uh, "You better, you better walk off with that. Uh, no charge. I can see you're thirsty, but you better walk off with that before the boss comes back." I give him a monkly bow, and I'm like, "Blessings." <laughs> uh, as and then Mido- I chug, like I do, like a frat boy, like. <laughs> uh, as- I got that glug glug. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Ew. I don't know what that means. <laughs> As Mido is chugging down his first and probably one of many glasses of ale, we see in the distance a large group of people walking in. One of the less uh, chosen ways to travel into Hayesvale Canyon as it's quite a ways walk from the nearest town. And uh, among this group, there are people in, in wonderful festival outfits with like... Um, cropped shirts and short shorts and beautiful headdressings and jewelry and and backpacks and sunscreen and they look just ready to enjoy the music the fireworks the food the dancing and among them we see a water genasi and tell us about your character ellie as she walks in with this large group of festival goers so Isla is always down for a party and an adventure. <laughs> so she's just living it up with all these group of people who she doesn't even know any of their names, but they're all talking and be, like thinking of it, thinking of it as like a Coachella experience. And they're like, is Chance the Rapper on the first stage or the second? Woo! <laughs> and like just trying to make it into the town. But she's also there on a mission because she's also looking for her husband who might be there. And she doesn't know. Okay. Why don't you make a perception check as you walk into the center of town? No. Okay. (laughs) That was a good session, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, game over. I don't know how to make a perception check anymore. You can do it, Allie. We believe in you. Fifteen. Uh, you see just about the same thing that everyone else has seen. Um, things are being set up. People are starting to really file in now. There's a definite bottleneck on the traffic in from the Mammoth. And um, you are now, as Isla is joining us, the, the crowd that is entering town has drastically grown this is the just the beginning of the crowd that the festival workers were anticipating and isla you see food carts are now beginning to serve mido is being uh, served another glass of ale and um games are being begun to play you can hear the sounds of laughter bells ringing um, work still being done but people are now beginning to enjoy the festivities but unfortunately you do not see alfie Oh. Alfie is your husband? Yeah. Neat. He's missing. Oh, no. We're, we're supposed to travel the world together, but then he got lost. Now I'm looking for him. 
Are you just not... saying this? Is she just saying this She's like to nobody in particular? Word. I'm saying <laughs> it next to Mido. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm Mido. <laughs> and I say great and walk away. <laughs> First oh, I love Isla. <laughs> what this is campaign do has that? no leaders. Yeah. They're all oh, the fun no. one. Oh, no. Jesus. Uh, yeah, you're free. You're all free to. You're no initiative. Take a little time to enjoy to explore the festival as it's just beginning to be set up. Is there ski ball? <laughs> sure. Uh, does Billy go Jamie, over? Yeah, like and, uh... What level of technology are we living with here? I'm just wondering if the sunscreen was canon or if that was flippant. It's definitely actually... not. It's definitely not modern times, right? It's still like, like D and D fantasy setting, ancient realms. But there is a mass transit system called the Mammoth, which stands for Mass Mystical Transportation Hub or Mass Arcane Mystical Transportation Hub, whichever you prefer. Um, and it is, uh, it's usually a series of teleportation circles run by magic users who teleport people to and from places. It's a mass transit system. And so we're at a level where this can exist. Train lines exist between cities, but still much of this world is undiscovered. It is the world of Oxir. That is, if anybody would like to write it down, I can spell it. I did write I, it down. I wrote down a weird spelling. I it's, also I just wrote, wrote a weird spelling. Ox. Ear, E-A-R. <laughs> it's actually O-C-S-I-R-E, like Oxire, but it's Oxire. Oh. oh, I was so close. So we're not we're not at a point of like crazy technological advancements, but we're also not at a point of like wooden tools and you know. Like there have been a few world wars. Are there guns? There's Thank no electricity God. either. Like, there's steam-powered things, but there's not really electricity. Okay, We're cool. Um, most things that you would, like, equate to electricity that just so happens to be in this world are done by magic users who have okay. harnessed the ability to do long-form magic, not just quickened spells. Yeah. Um, but, you like, you know that these things exist, but they're very uncommon. How much money do we each have? How much do you think you came with? Okay, There's a way to that. roll for it based on class. I, I it's based that. on. It's usually based on your class. It's also based on your um your background. monetary yeah. st- standing in your background. I'm assuming I have five silver for mozzarella sticks. I like wasn't gonna bring it up. Honestly, <laughs> I wasn't gonna make you has that. <laughs> I'm just assuming that if you guys are coming to a festival, you're coming knowing how much money you're gonna spend at the festival. You know. Yeah, totally. Okay. And when we get to when we get to a point in the campaign where it really matters if you have the money for something or not, we'll get there. Cool, cool. The day is progressing quickly. We first met Billy Brandy Birch as an owl early in the morning as things were just being set up. Um, and it is now approaching afternoon and things are really set up, but uh, everybody make a perception check. Everybody? From oh, okay. wherever you are. Oh, God. It's a... I got a 10. Oh, wait. 12. 12. Eight. Okay. Um, Jean-Pierre, you are very enthralled in what you're doing. Um, and you 
You kind of can't hear much aside from the clatter of your own tools and the orders being shouted at you from the other side of your cart. Um, Billy, you have pushed past the food carts and are now traversing through the games and playing the occasional game with what money you have. And you can't really hear much aside from the ringing of bells, the laughter of children, and the the chatter of happy festival goers. But Mido and um, Isla, as you... As you walk through the aisles and aisles of, of um, temporarily set up buildings and carts and booths and things, you hear a disgruntled voice calling from the city center where there is um, a small stack of wooden crates and barrels that have yet to be unpacked. Isla immediately goes over to check it out. You approach and you see a haggard older man huffing and puffing. He looks... He looks very tired from already a long day's work, and uh, he, he's he's standing there kind of mumbling to himself, almost half calling out to passers-by. I, I approach and say, hi! <laughs> he, he kind of pushes his long, silvery hair out of his face, and he looks down at you. He's definitely a human man, on the taller side for a human, so maybe like, 5'11", 6 foot, and uh, he's he's stocky, but he looks strong. And he looks down at you and he says, Ugh, what am I gonna... Oh, uh, hail and well met, young lass. Can I help you with something? I don't know, you seemed cranky. <laughs> All right, cranky's one way to put it. Um, <laughs> and Mido, you can, you can hear not only this disgruntled voice, but now you can hear the person who almost greeted you talking to him <laughs> yeah i'm gonna like circle around just keeping sneakily. an eye on it yeah like i'm Make a but stealth i got check. a long okay <laughs> <laughs> i got a crit fail <laughs> i am drawn right wrong the <laughs> as he's talking to isla he he has his eye on you and he says young man if you want to join the conversation just join no harm in it oh uh, <laughs> oh if you insist. Come on over. Uh, t- I, to tell you the truth, I'm I'm looking for adventurers. I desperately need some adventurers to uh, go run an errand for me. I will run this errand. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, without even knowing what it is. I can do it. <laughs> and by this deed, I will prove myself worthy of my name. That's why I'm here. What do you need? <laughs> he kind of, uh, this guy kind of looks to you, Isla, to kind of, as if his eyes, if to say, um, do you know this dude? Um. <laughs> you will. Mido. You will. We met earlier, kind of. <laughs> well, if, you remember uh, my name. If y'all are willing, <laughs> I need someone to carry out a very important task. The success of the entire festival rests on your shoulders if you can do it. Isla looks at Mido for like a solid five seconds and then backs up at him and says, okay. Mido winks. (laughs) Uh, He extends a hand to you, Mido, to shake and then to Isla promptly after and he says, I'm I'm Scrum Humdugger. I, uh, I... (laughs) No, he's not. <laughs> he's no, so he's not. Yes, he is. That's Don't him. try to 
Don't try to go right past that name. <laughs> Scrum Humdugger. And I'm uh, I'm in charge of uh, the well-being of this festival. I'm here to make sure it, it goes smoothly. And, well, I've already had my first speed bump in the road. And boy, am I telling you, it's a big one. I need a group of worthy adventurers to travel up the canyon to escort tomorrow's performer to Hayesvale from the North Trench Colony. She's is a- it Chance the Rapper? I don't know who that is, but I don't think he's booked, so maybe you are at the wrong festival. Sorry. But the old she is- stuff was better. <laughs> she is a very talented singer, and the crew of soldiers that I hired that was supposed to escort her took a higher-paying job for some noble yuppie. Now, I need you to bring her back with her things safely. And we paid for a carriage and an ox to carry her things, so there's no need to be worrying about that. You just need to get to North Trench and accompany her back with her ox and carriage. A martial arts master like myself is worth a hundred common soldiers, sir. I will not fail you. (laughs) He is like, you know what? Actually make a persuasion check with advantage. That's going to be, oh shit. Roll again, though. Yeah, you can roll oh, again right. and take the higher. I got plus zero. Okay. Uh, Twelve. He is, like, he's not into your whole extreme vibe, but he understands it. And he, he like, politely accepts your, your very, like, over overreaching earnesty. Hell yeah. I'll take it. But he's he kind of, like, rubs the back of his neck, and he's like... To be honest, I mean, there's this whole trench isn't completely, you know, residential yet. You're probably going to want to gather a few more adventurers to accompany you on the journey. That's not a problem. I'll go find some people. Okay, come back to me when you've got your your crew and and I'll I'll point you in the right direction, okay? Okay. Come on, Mino. Thank you so much. I trail after her and I'm like, didn't you come in with like 12 other people? (laughs) <laughs> Do you know them? And no. Well, let's go find other people. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna zoom over to uh, Jean Pierre now. It is it is busy. Like people are are sick. People are in. You are not getting any business. People for some reason mm. seem to be skipping past your gourmet foods truck to be buying. Deep fried mutton and and buckets of ale and and fried trench lizards. Okay, first of all, nasty. <laughs> well, second of all, um, Jean Pierre is a little disheartened by this, and I think he calls over somebody in the crowd and just, just like motions them, just Monsieur, Monsieur, <laughs> and like waves them over. Uh, he kind of he he's got a mouthful of deep fried mutton, and he looks behind him. And then looks at you and points at himself. And he's kind of like, Oui, yes, uh, monsieur, come here. He, uh, he, like, makes eye contact with the person he's attending the festival with. And then, like, slowly sidles up to you. Come, come, I have a question. He, like, swallows the mutton in his mouth and he's like, Yeah. What is that that you are putting into your mouth? Uh, it's a mutton. And they, uh, they, like, dredge it in some, like, eggs and breadcrumbs, and then they 
Put it in some really hot oil, it's really tasty. Okay, now, why is it that you want to eat that, but not the food I am serving? I have a salmon filet with a micro-green salad on the top. It is very cute. It tastes so good. Oui, mm, <laughs> delicious. Oui, why is it that you will eat the deep-fried meat instead? He takes another <laughs> bite as you're talking to him and, like, swallows it and licks his chops, and he's like, um, someone said that you were charging, like, six silver pieces for fried cheese. <laughs> And that, uh, he uh, like uh, old old he looks that down at his mutton and he's like, me. "This was a copper piece, one <laughs> copper piece for this." Well, it's like the size of his head, and he's like taking a couple bites out of it, and he's like, "It was only one copper piece." Uh, uh, monsieur, yeah, you cannot put a price on perfect food. Well, you obviously are not, you can. You, no, no, no. Listen, écoute. You cannot put a price on good, perfect food. You are lucky I am selling this food for five silver pieces. This food is worth gold, monsieur. Uh, then maybe you should be selling it in a palace. But I can tell you right now, these people aren't going to pay you six silver for fried cheese. Ah, uh, it is five silver. <laughs> uh, get away from me. Away, two. He like, he like, you walks spit away. on him? No, I spit on the floor at his feet. He, walk, okay. he walks away and continues eating his giant mutton. Idiot. Uh, are, are you feeling disheartened by this lack of business? Yes, obviously. Um, and I think, although he does love selling good food, Jean-Pierre is a savvy businessman. So he sort of sticks his head over the counter, looks at his price chart, and just fucking starts crossing shit out money-wise and, like, making everything cheaper. Uh, Mido and Ilo, you guys are, are walking the festival trying to search out uh, worthy adventure goers. And you see this man feverishly crossing out <laughs> prices on his chalkboard or his, uh, his menu chart on the outside of his cart. I see that he's crossing or, like, how high the prices are. And I think it's so awesome and, like, Exclusionary, like I want to be a part of it. Yeah, and so I immediately walk over, dragging Mido, and I say hi. Uh, uh, bonjour. How are you today? Uh, <laughs> We're seeking mighty warriors to aid us in a holy quest. This guy makes cheese. He doesn't. <laughs> Why did you? <laughs> He's not even wearing armor. Uh, I do. I, I hate to contradict you, but it's not that I make the cheese. I buy the cheese from the people that make the cheese, and then I fry the cheese in oil, and then I sell this fried cheese. It's arguably less than what sake. I said you did. <laughs> well, no. See, I do not take the uh, how do you say the uh, le lait, le, uh, le milk, and I do not take the milk and make it into le cheese. Le cheese. <laughs> the Fringlish is so good. Oh my god. This is this character is my love letter to the country of France, so I hope they like him. Is this you is this you spitting in the face of having to play um Lumiere on a hot summer day outside for a weekend and a half? Uh uh oui. oui. <laughs> <laughs> This man is everything I wish I was in this world. <laughs> French accent and all. 
I'm trying so hard to stop picturing the chef from Act Two of The Little Mermaid, but it's oh my so god, me too! Oh my god! <laughs> just see him, chef and I'm Louis? like, he's not chef a rogue, Louis. but he's what I see. I'm oh, picturing no. like I'm picturing Eugene from Tangled, but like in like full like French chef gear and. Oh, I oh. love that! That's so cute. Yeah. Anyway, um, don't let me interrupt your RP. <laughs> I know, we were really getting into it there for a second. <laughs> I would like your finest cheese. Uh, Jean-Pierre is very excited about this, and his face lights up, and he says, Oh, oh, oui, I have incredible cheese. You will love my cheese, madame. And he starts cutting and, like, frying, and eventually produces a plate of fried cheese. She loves the show and immediately eats eats it. It gives a little bit to Mido. Um, and I look. My at you body and I say, is a temple. <laughs> I say with so ale sloshing over my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> she says on the ground because. <laughs> um, and I, uh, as I'm handing this to you, Isla, I say, and normally that would be five silver, but for you. Oh, you are so beautiful. It is only three silver. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, madame. Oh, my goodness. Wow. She's so flattered. Um, so, are you super busy? Oh, well. Uh, and he sort of gestures around and is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I am not sure how to bring in this uh, type of uh, customer that is at this festival. They're, uh, how do you say, uh, stupid. Whoa! <laughs> or, no, that is the wrong word. What I, I am trying to say, ugly? No, not A ugly. A woman turns around and she goes, hi. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> lord, madame. Please turn away from me so I may no longer see your idiot's face. Oh, no. Yes, get away. away. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, no, goodbye. Okay, guys, table talk. Let's let's get that NPC and ander her and just make Jamie <laughs> keep stringing her <laughs> Oh, I did not. I did. I think I would throw up if I had to do that voice for more than 12 seconds. We chase the ugly woman and we're like, ugly woman! No, wait, we take we the ugly woman help. with us. Join our party with next us. Time. Um, I don't have stats for the ugly woman. I did not mean ugly. That was not the word I was looking for. But for her, it was the correct word. She is very, very unfortunate looking. Um. Listen, I'm obsessed with you and we need a cook. You're coming with us. Pack up your we, shit. What? Uh, we need uh, noble warriors. We don't need a cook. Well, uh, Are as you, you sure? can see, madame, although I do not have... A, a, a lot of an overwhelming amount of customers. I do have some, so I would rather stay here and uh, serve the people, stupid as they are. Hi. Oh my God! <laughs> Get away from me! Stop She's listening like on to the other I... side of the cart now. Like... <laughs> How did you get here? I'm patr- She's like patronizing an ice cream cart on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's not nice. <laughs> oh my god. Are there more than one of you? Why are there so many of you? You all look like this. Go away. Her, her 
identical twin walks out from the other <laughs> side where she was patronizing an ale cart. Uh, this and, the, place and the ugly is twins end. walk away. <laughs> the ugly Wait. twins. I hope they show up I periodically. I love them so much. As an Easter I, egg. God, yeah, I would do. have to agree. Um, but uh, I would prefer to stay here and uh, make what little money I can. Unless, of course, there is a uh, uh, payment involved in this uh, hero's journey. Sure, yes. Ah, très bien. Uh, how much? Isla. Lots? But we okay. I like the sound of lots of money as much as the next uh, person. But uh, uh, how much gold, silver, numbers? <laughs> The honor this, you will this... accrue by this mission <laughs> is incalculable. What he okay, said. That's great. But how much money will I get in addition to the honor? You'll just have to find out. That is not a good offer. <laughs> so I will continue cooking for the peasants and you may do what you like. But it was very nice to meet you, incredibly pretty blue lady. <laughs> Would you direct us to the toughest person you've served today so that we can recruit them instead? My so... tall friend, I hate to tell you this, I have served very few people. There was a, a lady with uh, the, uh, uh, how do you say, the hairy legs, the legs of the horse. She went that way. As you really... guys... As you guys turn and look, Billy, you see Billy out of the corner of your eye, like, dancing at the end of a skee-ball machine as she's just scored a very high score. Ah, see, what is Billy? Uh, Billy's a satyr that's a half-goat human on top, goat oh, on bottom, mm -hmm. with goat-like horns. Gotcha. Billy's attention uh, is now drawn to the mutton, for sure, and she's just, <laughs> like, loudly shouting, Mutton is murder, you know! Do you guys know the condition those lambs yes. are under? She's just like shouting at all the people eating mutton. Mido's ah, into oui. that. Uh, look over there, the loud uh, jumpy goat lady. That is her. She's the toughest person you've served today. <laughs> well, toughest I slap mutton out of same someone's same. hand. <laughs> Make an intimidation seem... check. Thirteen. <laughs> uh, all right, you slap it out of their hand and they're mad and they're squaring <laughs> up on you. I have my like horns at the ready. This man oh, stands up to his full stature. He was kind of crouching along with his like short girlfriend and as he stands, he is almost a full foot taller than you. Billy is oh, not backing dear. down. You guys are seeing uh, this happen. She's kind of like doing like the like the little like ram like tappy footy <laughs> thing. <laughs> Can Mido run over and get in between them before they can fight? <laughs> yeah, uh, roll a strength check. Oh, bitch. That's an 18. Contested against my three, I say you get well in between them. And the man is kind of like, he's kind of like huffing and puffing, and he, he pushes away easily between you as you outstretch your arms between him and Brandy. 
put my We're arms out and I'm like, fellow revelers, let us not besmirch this day <laughs> with violence. Tell it to the meat breather over there. You know what? Fuck you, lady. I'm going to get another mutton. And he like storms off with his girlfriend. <laughs> it's okay, babe. Her name is some Brittany. People, some people just don't like eating meat and you just have to handle that, you hear, as they walk away. Oh Aww. my god. You're a two with a ten, man. <laughs> <laughs> she looks she like glances over her shoulder and winks at you and then keeps walking. Ooh. Oh, I love her. Aww. <laughs> I look at Mido and I'm like, hey dude, uh, what's up? Oh, uh I agree with you that mutton is a dishonorable fuel for the body. I put my hand on his shoulder and I say Thank you. But <laughs> inciting violence is never the answer to changing minds and swaying hearts. <laughs> Billy like has her hand on his shoulder still, but is like slowly taking it off and like putting it to her temple and like rolling her eyes a little bit. <laughs> Isla runs over and I'm like, men, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with this pleb? What's going on? We're going on an adventure. Would you like to come with me? Oh my god, to where? Um, North Trench Colony. North Trench Colony. Allie, were you about to say up a mountain? <laughs> yeah, like Madame Zeroni. <laughs> <laughs> what? Once you carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain. <laughs> Wait, I, that reference is so deep in my brain, I can't. It's holes from holes. It's holes. It's Jesus. holes. You know. But why? But why? You guys aren't constantly thinking about that? I mean, normally. And that, I missed even... that reference. Holy shit. Damn. How does it feel to know that Allie is the funniest among us? Yeah. It, hurts. it hurts me every day. Ugh. Billy is oh like, what is God, the adventure? Allie. What is the score, man? <laughs> we have been tasked with delivering the key entertainer for Chance the... the Rapper? <laughs> yes, you know him. No one else knows him here. I would love to meet Chance the Rapper. <laughs> oh, me too. Unfortunately, it's not him. It's this other broad, but still. Okay. I, I mean, if they're the on the same guy to come. Yeah, they're about there. I tried to get the cheese guy to come with us, and he said no. Oh, I mean, he does charge a lot. I felt bad not tipping him, but, like, you know, also I paid five silver for some cheese curds. Ugh, but they they were amazing. They were so fucking good. Like, I'm not going to lie. Ugh. Did love them. So you'll come with us? Yeah, totally. (laughs) I'm into that. Uh, (laughs) Jean-Pierre, from your cart, you see not only these three uh, kind of making friends already and walking off, getting ready to ready themselves for an adventure, but also a large swerve around your cart. People are actively avoiding it after that skirmish with the deep-fried mutton man. Farewell, cheese man! (laughs) Bye, I love you! Wait, wait, wait. I know you could not come up with a number per se, but there is the promise of uh, uh, a reward, oui, at the end of this uh, 
journey. A sense of accomplishment? Yes. There is absolutely, listen very carefully, <laughs> there is absolutely <laughs> no monetary gain from this task. Life's an adventure. Don't you want to come? <laughs> you have made it incredibly hard for me to say yes. But? Incredibly. There is no but. You have made it literally <laughs> impossible for me as a human being to say yes to you. I'm just like, who gave you this quest, man? Should we talk to them or like? Oh, that is a good question. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to D&D. &D. <laughs> like, maybe we need Do more need details. Do you like know where we're going? Like, I don't have a map of this place. I've already gotten lost like 30 times. Not gonna lie. And it's one road. Our demigod didn't even give us a map of this round, so. Demigod? Are you? Our oh. god. <laughs> I, got I was like, did who? Did I say screw I also was like, which character? <laughs> um, Why don't we go talk to that dude? J JP gives it a thought for a second and looks around at his literally empty cart and is like, Oh, Okay, I will come with you. Yay! Cheese man's coming. And starts closing down his cart, and he breaks it down, like, fast. This is a science at this point. Um, and he grabs his horse from behind the cart where it's been sitting, and he's like, Camille, allons-y, we're going. Get up. Allez. You have a horse? I do. He's Thanks. in my backstory. I stole okay. him. Oh, yeah, I remember oh. that. His name is Camille. Are you bringing Camille? just the horse or the cart also? The cart as well. Oh, he's bringing all that cheese. We got the cheese. <laughs> we got the cheese. We got the cheese. We got the cheese. Yeah. We got the cheese. <laughs> you guys you guys roll up back towards the uh, the center of town where you first met Scrum Humdugger. And he is still standing among the last of what needs to be set up, looking quite vexed, but as he sees you, Isla, and Mido approaching, his his expression soften and softens and even kind of um, perks up into one of excitement as he sees you tailing uh, Billy and Jean-Pierre and Jean-Pierre's cart along behind you. <laughs> and he sees you coming, and as you approach, he says, Oh, wonderful. Oh, it looks like you got a few more adventurers to, to help you. That's great sure news. did. We got uh, the cheese man and the half oui, coat. Monsieur, bonjour. Yes, I am scrum, the cheese scrum man. Scrum humdugger. Nice to meet you. He shakes your ability. Enchanté. It is nice to meet you I'm, as well. I'm sorry. Uh, scrum humdugger. Scrum humdugger. Yep. That is a name, name that makes me... I uh, I wretch when I... <laughs> that <laughs> that is, name makes me... Uh, uh, that is uh, a very uh, rude thing to say to me. It is true. I, I do not know what to say. It is true. It may, it's, it sticks in the back of my throat. A scrum girl. <laughs> These are the most honorable warriors we could find <laughs> at your festival to aid us in our quest. <laughs> Believe it or not, sir. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? Hey, listen, anyone willing to take up, take up the torch? I'm just glad that someone's willing to escort uh, the lady here. So, um... The four of you, it, it, you're going to set off uh, uh, up towards North Trench? Uh, 
yes, quickly before we go, uh, there is a uh, uh, money involved. Oui? Oh yeah, there will be a reward if you guys can get her back in time for before the show. I can definitely reward you aptly. Yes. Thank goodness. Very well. Mm. With honor. No, with with money. He, he said with money. Well, yeah, if, I'd like money. That's if, that's fine. If you're all set to go, uh, she should be waiting for you at the tavern in North Trench Colony. Um, you may have to camp the night on your way up there, but you should have no problem getting there, uh, getting back from there in one day's time once you're there and leave in the morning. Okay? So, like, what I'm saying is, like, you can get maybe, like, three quarters of the way there tonight and then the last quarter and all the way back tomorrow on a full day. But it's, like, mid-afternoon, early evening now. Okay. Um, so just seriously, it's so easy. Just follow the single road out of town in the north exit, and that single road will lead you all the way to North Trench Colony. There are some watering holes on the way. Just follow the river the whole way up. Uh, be careful. There are there have been marauders and bandits in the past, and the um occasional wild beast. So just be careful. Stay well-armed and stay alert. Don't you worry. We got this, right, guys? Oh, yeah. That. Oh, thank, I cannot thank you enough. He shakes all of your hands again. And now oh, what was the you... performer's name, by the way? Huh? What was the performer's name, by the way? Oh, well, wouldn't that be nice to know? Like, just so I know who I'm looking for when I go to the fucking tavern. Oh, come, Duggar. <laughs> <laughs> No! Why are we all so mean um, to Humdug? Coming for his throat! (laughs) My first NPC of the game, and you're already mad. Excuse me. There were two very distinctive NPCs before this. (laughs) Twins! (laughs) The ugly twins and... Mutton Man. The man who tried to fight and Mutton Man. Uh, Her name is is Misty Pristine. Oh, that is too bad. I heard it was a chance the rapper. <laughs> right, dude? What is the marketing at this Ch- festival? I need to know. Chance. No, I think you guys have, like, chance collectively made up Chance-le-rapper. some sort of delusion. Chance the rapper. <laughs> a shared delusion. We're <laughs> all going to be doing it now. Good. This is like when I did a, a southern accent in our last <laughs> campaign and you all picked it up for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Uh, uh, okay, so he he gladly uh, escorts you to the northern exit out of town. And just like he said, once you're at the gates, um, it is just a single road that follows the long, pretty straight river up north towards North Trench Colony. And you can't really see it on the horizon, the... The cavern walls twist and turn and and um, close in and narrow and then open and get wide. And as you walk, the uh, river babbles along beside you calmly. Exactly. Mido is really frustrated because, and I couldn't wait to bust this out, he has a walking speed of 45 feet. <laughs> So all you slow ass, 30 feet walking asses are really bumming me out. I'm like, we have a job to do. Joke's on you. Isla's swimming in the. <laughs> it's like pretty right beside us. <laughs> she does it anyway. 
She just like does the worm along the river. Yeah, like an actual fish. <laughs> she takes like five damage. <laughs> Love it. Um, Pierre, Jean-Pierre is riding on top of the mound of stuff in his cart. Just sort of like, dun, 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 dun. Because Camille is not like a young horse. Camille's like pretty old and pretty decrepit. Oh, Camille. Should the cheese be refrigerated? Or what? What is refrigerate? <laughs> Magic um, the, the cheese stays hot. It cheese. is always hot. As hot you cheese. guys, as you guys are traveling, you you just pass around a very narrow passage and um, are passing by a small waterfall that leads into a much wider watering hole along the canyon's edge. Um, and everybody, make a perception check here. 12. Oh, 20. Dirty 20. 54. Uh, as you guys are passing the waterfall on your right, um, Billy, at the head of the caravan, out of the corner of your eye, you notice that there is a very narrow passageway and a large dead tree, and it seems like there's just enough room for someone to squeeze between the tree and the rock wall back behind the rock wall there into what you can only assume goes further but no one none else no one else of you seems to notice this this seems like uh billy your your knowledge of nature has let mm. you key in on on things like this in in out in the natural world billy goes secret tunnel <laughs> secret tunnel do you approach <laughs> points over at it yes uh, make an investigation check as you approach it. Um, Twelve. Okay, you you press against the dead tree, and it has a little bit of give as you push between it and the rock wall, and you're able to kind of slip down the narrow cavern passageway into a very small clearing inside the rock wall that can't be seen from outside on the path. And in here, you find... A couple crates, a small leather chest, and some very old dusty bedrolls. Hot damn, hot damn, hot damn. Guys, there's some stuff in here. I shout through the crevasse. Do the uh, three of you join her in there? I sure do. Oh, okay. yes. Jean-Pierre loves finding stuff to steal. Okay, you guys enter. It looks like an old uh, camp. Set up. It looks like it used to be, uh, uh, like there's a smothered old fire, where they might have had a fire lit. There's uh some bed rolls. Like years there's... old or days old. You can't really tell. Everything in this area gets covered in dust pretty rapidly because the wind picks up and carries the very dry dirt around. So it's hard to tell how long it's been vacated for, but it definitely looks vacated. And this is nighttime? We're at, like, night officially? It is officially night now that you've approached this. Guys, do we camp in here tonight? Like, wild pitch. It's already set up. Seems like someone else's zone a little bit. But it's Jean-Pierre like... starts going through anything he can find. Uh, make an Not investigation stuff. check. And um, everybody but Jean-Pierre make a just straight wisdom check. 
quiz. Oh, man. By the way, that investigation check was a whopping three. 13 again. I have a really high wisdom, but I got a four. I just want everyone to know, though, that I have a high wisdom. I'm smart. I got an an eight. Okay. uh, You all assume that you've been traveling for long enough that if you were to pick up, if you were to camp here and pick up in the morning, you would still be able to make it to North Trench and back before the festival needs Misty Pristine. And uh, with that investigation check, Jean-Pierre, you found um, a pair of shoes and a little journal. Uh, With anything written in it? You cannot read the language that it's written in. Oh, okay. Uh, And I hold it up. Does anybody read this language? Can I try? Do you you speak this? Yeah, you can try. Wrong to read someone's language. I did not ask if it was right or wrong. Just if anybody could read this. I read common, druidic, and sylvan. You cannot read the language it's written in. All right, well. Common, infernal, and undercommon. And thieves can't, but I think that's spoken. Nope. Can't read it. You guys set up camp. Uh, You're able to start a small fire in the pit that was laid before. um, And you kind of are able to Push all of the um, bed rolls and things aside. Do you want to make another investigation check on the crates and things left behind? Yeah, totally. Anybody I can got do a that. net oh, 20. Oh, it's a crit fail. You got a nat 20, Allie? I sure did. I uh, crit failed. I got a five. Uh, Billy, you find a very intriguing looking mushroom. Um, Fuck. Isla, you find 200 gold pieces. 68 silver pieces, a small satchel of gems and colorful-looking glass, a small ivory statue, hand-carved, that's, like, maybe the size of your hand, um, some food rations that haven't gone bad, and two short swords. That is not yours, question mark. Billy goes, Mido, stop being such a buzzkill, honey. Okay. Jeez, boy, I think I got your reward right here. (laughs) Are you going to be cheese boy for the whole campaign? Cheese boy, cheese boy, cheese boy. (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know the French word for boy. It is uh, garçon. Garçon fromage. Fromage garçon. Garçon fromage. I would, uh, I would prefer we just use my name. It was given to me for a reason. Because JP? I am JP? Jean-Pierre Severin Sansin. JP. <laughs> I. Cheese boy. I am leaving. This is no! stupid. I am leaving. This is ridiculous. I, I am, toss him a gold I am walking piece. away. J A Y. Okay. Now I stay. J-P. I will stay now. This, this, I want this. I will stay. How much money did you give him? One gold, gold piece. piece. <laughs> That's worth it. I just want to. I just want to buy all his love. You have, love it. You you have bought another hour with me. Oh no! We uh, shall see what happens. Night is setting in, and as you guys begin to uh, settle in to sleep, who is taking first watch? I will actually take all watch because I don't fucking <laughs> sleep. I'm an oh, elf, dear. baby. I be up. 
Before going to bed, Billy brings uh, Camille a bowl of water Aww. to drink from to make sure she's okay. And one of the bed rolls to one of the old ones to put over her. You put Aww. her in a bed <laughs> Puts the horse in a bed roll. <laughs> no, like opens the bed roll and puts it on top of the horse. Like a blanket. Yeah, like a blanket. That's cute. I stand. I love that. Isla had no intention of ever taking a shift, but she did put all of the money and gems into her bag and is sleeping on it like a pillow so that Jean-Pierre <laughs> won't get it. I just sit down cross-legged in front of, like, you know, in front of all my new friends in the cave wall and I go into my elfin trance sleep. Terrifying. Okay. Oh Billy God. is like, you're a good Judy, Mido. Deep. Can't hear you. I'm deep. Deep in the astral plane, <laughs> meditating on life and mysteries. Is this an effective watch or? I don't actually, I feel like probably not. Someone who actually plays D&D might comment and say no, that it's not. <laughs> uh, it's a half sleep. So they're not fully asleep. Um, oh. And they only take four hours to complete a long rest. Yeah. Um, That's fine. Yeah. Seems so, like enough, though. We're not, like, profesh, you know? That, uh, very that. Mido, during your trance, will you make a constitution saving throw with disadvantage for me? Fuck. Wow. Oh, Fuck. Fuck. I have... Oh, no, I have a good constitution. <laughs> oh, man. Second roll was so good. It was a nine. You are, as you're in a trance, grappled. You are tied up with your hands behind your back uh, and shoved up against the wall with a very strong hand. And the three of you all make um, dexterity saving throws for me. Ooh. 16. I got a net 20. 18. Okay, um, you three narrowly escape the big meaty hands that are grabbing at you in your sleep uh, as you manage to wake up from the chaos of Mido being restrained and dodge away from the attacks yourselves. And as you stand up, you see a group of orcs around you brandishing weapons and um, looking very menacing. And the one of them much larger than the rest, steps forward and in a language you can't understand, uh, begins to bark orders at you, it seems. Oh, mon dieu, the people of this valley get uglier the longer I am here. <laughs> he kind of, like, cocks his head and, like, twists this kind of nasty smile on his face, and he says, in common, We have some humans here who think that I am ugly? That is what I said. Thank you. It is nice to know you understand me when I speak. Tied up our elf boy. What the fuck? Your elf boy started a fire in our camp. Well, you, it, it did not look like there was anybody here in our defense. Uh, why don't you give us the elf boy and we will leave? There, Our bedrolls are in here. Why don't you make a, a persuasion check with disadvantage? Oh, you no. You did call him ugly. I did. Um, he calls everybody ugly. Don't take it personal. A 14. A 14. He says, he kind of laughs and uh, kicks some dust up at your shins and says, 
I'm not giving you your elf boy back till I know that you didn't take anything from our shit and you get your asses out of here. <laughs> Allie's face. <laughs> I'm warning Sorry. you, I can get out of this rope very easily, but in doing so, I may kill or maim you irreparably. <laughs> How many uh, orcs are there? There are two orcs for each of you. Oh shit, there's eight of them? Yep. Holy shit. Two of them are holding Mido. Uh, One is standing in front of you all, speaking as their leader, and the others are standing, uh, kind of beginning to encroach on your personal space, holding their weapons ready. This is like a cave, right? There's only one means of egress, and they're blocking it. It's a small cavern, and it's a narrow exit. Sick. Um... Somebody make a move or we're going to roll initiative. Uh, are we, okay, uh, can I be really meta for a second? Yeah. Are we going to fight these orcs or are we going to leave? Um, are these orcs going to kill us? These orcs might kill us. You guys don't think we, I guess, I don't know. I can we? Although actually, Mike, this, this you're is a like very meta the ultra fighter, right? Yes, I do have the power of God and anime, and anime? Yes. on my side. Then yeah, Jean-Pierre I... puts a hand on the rapier that is at his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wears it under his apron. And he says, he moves his apron like a cop showing the badge and gun. So like there's the hilt of the rapier pops out. And he says, um, perhaps it is best if you uh, let us go and then... When we are well and clear, uh, you may uh, uh, chase us as long as you like, and uh, we will fight you if you catch us. This will be much more fun for you <laughs> rather than just uh, eating us here. What, a- <laughs> what the fuck? I'm a bit- I stomp on an orc foot. Roll <laughs> initiative. Yes! Hey, it's your DM, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of our second season, Attempted Adventure Woven. I absolutely cannot believe that it's finally happening. I know that I only said it was going to take a couple weeks after we did the Haunting of Mablecliff Manor, but life gets in the way. (laughs) All of us ended up moving, Uh, so that kind of got in the way a little bit, and obviously, you know, it took me a little while to write the campaign and I wanted to make sure that I was really really happy with it before we even started playing so that ended up happening we are happy with it and I am so 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 excited for you to finally be able to start hearing it I will give you just this little preface there was a bit of a technical difficulty during our second session so you'll probably hear me rectify that sometime around episode three or four um hopefully it's not unlistenable but um obviously I'm doing everything I possibly can to make this a great season and I am just so excited for you to be able to hear it um as always if you enjoyed this very first episode and enjoyed the Harmony campaign please go ahead and follow us on whichever platform it is you get your favorite podcasts we are on 
pretty much all of them, I think, now. And if you want to keep up with the show, why don't you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AAdventureCast, where you can post lots of things about the show if you'd like, using the hashtag AttemptedAdventureCast, as well as tagging us. It's been amazing to see the response to this show. We just hit another milestone recently. I tweeted about it, and I could have never fathomed people actually listening to the show that I make. Please, 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 if you would be so kind, uh, spread the show to anyone you think that might like fantasy shows, D&D shows, or just improv comedy shows in general. We love to be able to give that kind of vibe where we're all just a bunch of friends sitting around a table playing a game we like and making each other laugh. Because at the end of the day, this is mostly just about making sure the players have fun and having fun with them. But thank you, thank you, thank you again. And as always, friends, I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.